Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Right now, I get to introduce today's speaker. He is my husband. And so why don't we put our hands together for Josh Campbell. get my own lectern. It's all right. Thanks. Well, good morning, everyone. Seamless. Nothing happened. Well, we doing well? Location Sunday, which means we have live preachers across all our locations today, including uh, online or physical locations, uh, have... Me here, uh, John Wilson's preaching in uh, Bury St. Edmunds and Mandy in Colchester, so uh, exciting day. Great to see people here today. You know when it comes to bank holiday weekend and you get all the notifications about I'm away, I'm away, I'm away, you're thinking, is it just going to be me, Katie, and the band and the production team and whoever else is serving and that's it today? But thanks for coming. It's great to have people here because we love gathering for church. Hey, today I'm going to talk about something that I love talking about. And I'm going to start with a little story. And it's the story of life. You see, in 2018, I became a father. I've got a picture here of the scan. Somebody, this accidentally got put up before the service started, and somebody thought this was us announcing that we're having a third child. I wouldn't do it quite so publicly like that. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) the day I found out that we were expecting, Katie came here to the C3 Center. It was a Wednesday, uh, just like any other day, and Katie said to me, Josh, we need to go. It's a bit strange. You know, I'd, I was working in the office upstairs. It was YA that evening, and uh, we were going to YA because we were leading a group, and why wouldn't we? Why do we need to go? Get in the car. Let's go for a drive. Okay, I'll get in the car. Where am I going? Just drive around the roundabout. Okay, drive into Sainsbury's. Okay, a bit strange. All right. Uh, and then she says, Park but not near the building, at the back of the building. This is very strange. Something odd's going on here. What next? She gives me a box. It's a small box. It's wrapped. It's about this big. It's wrapped up. Open the box. It's shoes. But they definitely wouldn't fit me. What's going on here? This is a bit strange. Anyway, open the lid, and there is a pregnancy test. And what does it say on it? Pregnant. I'm going to become a dad. How amazing is that? And there was this sense straight away, and this reality that was long before this, that I I had all these thoughts, these dreams, these desires for this yet-born child, and I imagined how they would grow up. I had this desire for who we now know as Caleb to have everything. Let me put this next picture up. I want him to have everything in life. I want to make his life as good as possible. 
to give him whatever. He can have it all. Holding him in my arms, watching him grow. There's a, is there a picture there? Oh, that's for the end, but never mind. Um, he, yeah, and it's just this privilege, this incredible privilege, and I just want to give Caleb everything I possibly can. I just want to, he can have it all. He can have it all. Have you ever considered how much of a product of modern culture your thoughts, actions, and desires are? Have you acknowledged that the world we live in now, the culture influences you? If you haven't, now's your moment, because it does. And today, I just really think that it's really important for you to grasp some of these ideas. Uh, you can put the first slide up. You can have it all. And today, I feel like I really need to spell this out today. I don't know why I was struggling as I was preparing, just thinking, how can I convey to people that I want them to grasp something today? And then I realized, why don't I just tell them that? So today, I think it's really important for you guys to realize that I'm preaching into a context today. And as I'm sharing what I'm attempting to talk about, I want to establish a kind of common worldview for how we see things and so that we can all be in a place to kind of understand where we're going from. See, today I already mentioned is Location Sunday, and we're here in Cambridge, in Cambridge. You might be watching online, you might be anywhere else, or you might be also in Cambridge. In Cambridge, we're in a western city. We're in a western city. It's a city famous for its education institution. It's also a world leader in many areas. It's famous for punting and the River Cam, because you can't have one without the other. It's famous for the Fitzbillies Chelsea bun. It's famous for the discovery of DNA. It's famous for something that gets called, sort of still sometimes and again, Silicon Fen. And it's famous for so many other things. And even if you don't originate from Cambridge, I don't originate from Cambridge. I was born elsewhere. Or even if you don't originate from a Western country, today in this moment, you're in Cambridge, and like it or not, you've been influenced through living in this place and society. You've been influenced by it. For us to really grasp what I'm teaching today, you need to come on a journey with me today. Once upon a time, in a land not so far away, morality was considered to be attained from a higher power, God. In fact, some people would even use this thing called the Bible. Secular society has eroded that worldview and belief, and morality has become a personal, individual conviction. The rise of the authentic self, the authentic self. I was struggling, you know, should I say this, shouldn't I say this? I'm going to say it. That word, authenticity, is a real bugbear of mine. A real bugbear of mine. So we use it to mean something that it doesn't mean at all. You know, I get well-meaning people sometimes will do a service in the morning, 9.30, 11.30, fantastic. You know, we've got a full time, 5.30. Sometimes we do it a bit more acoustic. Sometimes people come and say to us, it was way more authentic in the evening. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't, because authenticity is not about style. Authenticity is not about substance. Authenticity, we don't have the uh, ability to make the value judgment on the heart condition of the person as they were doing something. 
So that's what authenticity is really about. And we can't judge that because we can't see the heart. Anyway, let's get back on track. We have this desire that if you believe it to be okay, it is justified by yourself. You do you, boo. You do you, boo. But so what? What's the problem with that? What's the problem with this? Well, Scripture says something a little bit different to this. Let's look at Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is where it carries on, and this is, this is brilliant. It's just like cuts through everything. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith, God has distributed to each of you. You are not God. You are not God. When we, in culture, and sometimes it seeps into the church, when we remove the need for God, and we have this self-determined moral compass, our direction, our true north, we become this idol to ourselves. Become this idol And we actually create a world in which we need no God. We need no God because we have become our own God. We've created ourself as God. And that is anti to Scripture. That couldn't be further from what Scripture says. We can't, or we rather should never, view ourselves without a lens of Jesus. This is what Galatians 5 says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of slavery. You see, we read this. Look what it says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, that Christ has set us free. This is language of revelation, of seeing the work that Jesus has done, and where we stand as a result of that. Christ has set us free. Christ has set us free. But what has he set us free from? What has he set us free from? You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. What day is it today? Pentecost Sunday. We've got to give a mention to the Holy Spirit. We've done it already in our service. We're probably going to keep doing it throughout the day. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's the day when we say Holy Spirit came down and rested upon the apostles, the disciples, and we believe that the Holy Spirit is here now and and active, and we can uh, access the Holy Spirit through the work of Jesus. It's a day that we can celebrate. 
I love our charismatic evangelical heritage as a church. It's who we are. And I remember being in church services here and thinking, what is going on? You know, if you roll back the clock and you came to C3 many years ago, you would have been like, is that really the same church? I remember sitting in services and just thinking, why are people crying all the time? People are crying all the time. And there was a sense of, uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit at work at times. And, this, and, and we limit sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit. We limit the work of the Holy Spirit. We really do a disservice to the Holy Spirit at times. We really do. We've trivialized the Holy Spirit to be the weird, the wish-giving, the magician of the Trinity at times. But that is really severely limiting the Holy Spirit. Severely limiting the Holy Spirit. In fact, one conversation that we hear time and time again is freedom in worship. Freedom in worship. And you have this kind of debate that rages all the time. You've just got to be free and you've got to go with the flow. No, you've got to be structured and you've got to hear from the Holy Spirit ahead of time and do with that what you want. Sometimes there's there's a hybrid middle ground. There's a hybrid ground. But the truth is that whatever we say, if we say it's this way or it's that way, we're limiting the Holy Spirit. We're limiting the Holy Spirit. We're limiting to say that he can only move this way or he can only move this way. Or he will only move when we do this thing ahead of time. Or he will only move when we're less planned. Well, I don't believe that either are necessarily wrong or right. I believe that there's a a, a holy, a gracious middle ground. But even in that conversation, I've limited the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit isn't just some like unknown being that helps us choose songs. The Holy Spirit is a bit bigger than that. Holy Spirit is living, active, and in, in moving through our lives. It's much bigger than simply how we treat our worship services or our Sunday experience. I want us to look back at Romans 12, and I'm using a different uh, description. The passion paraphrase puts it like this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The Holy Spirit is this power within you that can bring you total and utter transformation. It can reform entirely how you think. Complete and utter transformation. Complete and utter transformation. Remember I started with talking about Caleb? We're going to talk about Caleb again. I asked his permission today to talk about him, and we took this photo that you got a little glimpse of before. This is Caleb yesterday. He is now five years old. He is a joy and a privilege, and, and I, I love being a dad. I love being a dad. But I realized that my worldview and how I treated Caleb had been kind of tainted by the culture that I was in. Because what I was saying is, I want Caleb to have everything. And it was fixed in stuff, in great experiences, in giving him the best of everything. And none of that is wrong. None of that is sinful, although it could fall into it. But actually, 
I've realized as I've gone through I'm nights, so many nights where I've prayed for him. And I, pray for, I try and pray for him every night. Depends on who does, does the bedtime. Pray with him, I mean. And, uh, and I often think, God, thank you for this privilege of raising this child. And I want to change my attitude from I want him to have it all. I want him to have everything. To thank you, God, for the gift that this child is to me in my life. And I want to steward him who he is and the gift that you've given to me and my wife. Because the reality is, I want to change that, that thinking from he can have it all, you can have it all, to actually flip it to say, God, you can have it all. God, you can have it all. God, you can have every part of me, every part of my life. Romans 12 begins with surrender. Begins with surrender. It says, we are living sacrifices. Sacrifice. Laying down our lives. Our lives are not our own to live. We've been given this grace of life. All we should want to do is turn it back to God. To live as a living sacrifice to Him. This is what it says in Luke 1. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? We're going to sing in a few moments that song that we sung earlier on about re-surrender. Re-surrender. And I felt the work of the Holy Spirit within me as we were singing and praising and worshipping our Savior this morning. And I just want to try and facilitate a moment in this service where we can almost say, God, I want to repent. I want to re-surrender my life. I want to rededicate it to you. Forgive me for when I've made an idol of myself, when I've said, actually, no, I can do this in my own strength. I can do this because, you know, I've got initiative, I've got tools. No, I want to surrender back to Jesus, back to Him, because I want to give Him glory. I want to give Him adoration. But before we do that, I want to do something I want to share something, some, something really practical with you that you might think, how does that fit with anything that you've talking about this morning? And I just want to throw you a real curveball. Because I love always one of our hearts and our desires as a C3 church is that we don't just want to preach a message that's applicable for Sundays, but it's going to be you know, still at work in your Monday and through the rest of your life. And I was preparing this, and I'm thinking, what's the practical application that I can give? You know, what's some sort of practical thing? And I've been reading a book recently by somebody called John Mark Comer. And John Mark Comer is um, popular in many circles. And some of his books have gotten him a little bit of um, sl- uh, stick. But I've been reading this book he's, he's uh, written called Live No Lies. And it, I've been enjoying the book. And one of the things that he talks about, and if you know anything about him, you won't be surprised by this, but it's spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. And he talks about the practice of fasting. Fasting. And so it's one way in which we can remind ourselves that 
this body is not our own. That this earth is not our home. And actually, what we're saying is, body, get back into submission. Let's get myself back in line with Jesus, with what he wants for me. And you know what John Mark Homer says, fasting is only food. And I kind of like that. Because he's saying, you know, give up Netflix, give up blah, blah, blah. And you're just, you know, kind of abstaining. But when you're fasting, the whole point is that you're weakened. Is that you're weakened. Is that actually you can't do this on your own. And you probably will be grumpy. You probably won't be able to function correctly. You probably won't be able to do the things that you can normally do in your own strength. The literal point of fasting is to remind yourself that we need God. That we can't do this on our own. So I want to give you an encouragement and a challenge. Think about fasting. Maybe you could do it weekly. I've been challenged. When we did our fasting at the start of the year, I said, I'm going to keep this going, and I'm going to do every Wednesday fasting. I've not done a single Wednesday since then. (laughs) Not done a single Wednesday. And so this is my public confession. I want to start fasting on Wednesdays. I might not do it every week because, you know, something might come up, but I'm going to make a plan to, to fast on Wednesdays. Because I want to realize that the work of the Spirit within me is greater than my flesh. My flesh needs to get out of the way. Die flesh, die flesh. And I just want to be burning for Jesus. I just want to be someone that is completely and completely surrendered to Him. Why don't we all stand in this place? Let's get back to Romans 12. If you keep reading in Romans 12, it starts there and it talks about living sacrifices. And then it carries on and it says these are the roles of different people within the body. Because we all and each, each and every single one of us has a role that we can play within the, the, within the church, within the body. And so as we end our service today, as we go into our final song, I want you to think, where have I not been playing my part? Where have I not been doing the thing? And I'm not suggesting that it's necessarily getting on board and serving. I'm saying, where is, has my witness faltered? You know, am I doing the things outside of this room that I, I, sh- I should be doing? Am I looking at the wrong things? Am I uh, talking to people in a wrong way? Am I gossiping? What is it, God? Like, let's re-surrender our lives. Let's rededicate who we are to Him and say, God, I want to be holy because you can make me holy. Nothing I can do can achieve holiness, Lord, except surrender my life down to you, King Jesus. So let's just take a moment within our service now to almost repent and say, God, I want to change. I want to change moving forward. And actually, I want to say where we started, yes, you know, Caleb, he can have it all. Caleb, he can have it all. No, no, no. God, you can have it all. Jesus, you can have it all. You can have it all, Lord Jesus. So come on, why don't we just start to pray out to God. Give him glory. Give him praise. Say thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that is at work in our lives. Thank you, God, that you're king 
that you're sovereign, that you're ruling. Forgive us, Lord. Pray that we would turn away from the wrong things of our past, God, and we'd step into a new relationship with you, King Jesus, that uh, we would just completely be transformed by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, King Jesus. You are good. You are faithful. You are merciful. You are full of grace, God. And thank you that we can achieve those things. We can attain those things through your work on the cross, Lord Jesus, that you are uh, moving in power, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that. I pray that we would um, turn away from the past, God, and step into a new, bold future with you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you're good, that you're faithful, and we want to give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we just sing together this great song? Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.